Check your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. A Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Need a mortgage that fits your life? Rocket can. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. We've got a lot. It's opening day tonight in Major League Baseball. As excited as you may or can be about that. Heading into the weekend, it's a golf event for the first time this season that is forgettable that probably won't be worth your time unless you were really looking to win some money off of it from a betting standpoint. And some things with the NFL that just continue to pile on and on. We did get a nice little glimpse of the NBA, and it's not just Bowl Bowl who was out there shining, Duncan Robinson. It, it was nice at least a little bit, right? I know it's all exhibition now, but it was nice to get some action on my television and actually watch live sports that we haven't been watching as far as a UFC match or a golf event or something like that, NASCAR race, to see what we're used to watching but now have it back, well, it was kind of cool. It was kind of refreshing. Now, I'm back today, off tomorrow, mandated, in fact, told that even if I logged on and tried to connect, I wouldn't be able to get through So the wedding weekend begins tomorrow, and there's some things that I need to wrap up today, like get my tux and pick up the rings. But there are some other small things that I figured Culver's been married for a little bit now. There are people that are following along already on the stream, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, best and easiest way to interact with the show. You can follow along on Twitter at Shander Show. But I, I had a couple of things that I have to do, that I need help with, that I I feel like if I continue to ask my fiance, she'll continue to be more and more frustrated with me. So in cases like that, I figured, why not? I'll take it to the public. I'll take it to the people, which usually is Culver first and then all of you after the fact. But the NFL looks to be done with the preseason. Fantastic move. And also, what to really expect from opening night. We'll do it all on the second level. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So it is opening day, and, and I have to say, I, I feel like I want to watch what's going on just because the game will be noticeably different. So congratulations, baseball. You've cornered me into making a decision that's probably going to mean I'm going to watch more of these games than not tonight, where initially I had nothing to – and maybe that's because – I can't put off watching the 3M Open until this evening because you wouldn't recognize 10 of the top 15 golfers that are on the leaderboard. I, I doubt that you had Seamus Power 
to win this thing, not max power, but Sheamus power to win this thing, although Tony Finau is kind of hanging out here. This was all about whether or not Dustin Johnson wanted to show up and win a tournament, but I can't do that. I can't push anything back. There's nothing happening here with the NFL. I, I mean, I guess technically you could wait around for some scrimmage action to leak, but Major League Baseball will be watched tonight. I have no doubt. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to watch it and be shocked on Monday when I return that numbers were up for people watching. Anything on television that's remotely close to what we're familiar with will watch. And in the case of baseball opening up, will watch. And in the case of baseball opening up looking significantly different, well, we're going to watch. And, and again, it might just be watching how a manager approaches a game, one of 60, and seeing it firsthand. Seeing a guy who's pitching really well get yanked after five. Well, normally, unless you're Gabe Kapler, that just wouldn't be the case. But seeing that, seeing early starts, especially because you know that the four teams playing tonight, there's some expectations there. At least with the Dodgers, it's pretty much penciled in that they'll be representing the National League in the World Series this year or this year's version, I guess of the World Series. I'm excited to see the Philadelphia Phillies despite them opening up against the Marlins, but the added excitement there is that they can't beat the Marlins. So or at least last year they couldn't beat the Marlins. So it doesn't matter. Throw the records out on opening day. There is an element of it being a little different. And I don't know, watching the DH tonight, the late game tonight between the Dodgers and Giants if it's going to jump out at you. And we talked with Seth Everett earlier in the week, Tuesday, and he made a great point about people overblowing this 10th inning man on second thing. I, I think it's a nonsensical rule. It's stupid. But to be fair, and especially to Seth's point, there are a lot of things that are going to get you to a tie game in the 10th inning. There are a lot of plays that get you to the fourth quarter, that get you to the third period, that get you to the end of a game. So while something may have influence and you know what, you bunt a guy over and then all of a sudden the sack fly to bring him in. It's not the sexiest thing, but it's the way to bring in a guy from second base to ensure that you're going to get that win. I'm interested to see the social distancing elements of it, knowing that guys are going to be separate from each other, knowing that as we've seen already on some broadcasts, you're going to have, home team with the ability to kind of be in the stand right behind the dugout or home plate and the visiting team, whether or not they want, will have the ability to, or at least option to wear a mask, all the social distancing guidelines, the COVID protocols. I'm interested to see how they play this thing out. I mean, New York is in Washington, San Francisco's in LA. So there's already an element of travel. Baseball has maintained that of the 10,000-plus tests, you only have a handful of people. This needs to be repeated and hopefully will be repeated at length because there is no bubble. It's not like you tested 10,496 people and now they're all in the bubble and you're good to go for the next six weeks. No, there's going to be traveling just after this series. Guess what? 
The Nationals and the Yankees are going to move on and play another team. Same thing with the two teams out west tonight. There is an element of it's just getting started. How do they control this thing? How does this thing work? And, yeah, you'll see small, subtle changes. You won't see a guy with a huge thing of gum in his mouth the size of a fist or seeds the size of somebody's fist just protruding out with his cheek spitting every five seconds. Uh, Yeah, okay, you're going to have to take that away. I saw Fox Sports is prepared to put the virtual stadium in. So that's another element here is the virtual stadium, meaning the fans and all the crazy stuff that fans, eh. again, we've seen NBA and NHL teams reach out to fans to kind of put together a little bit of a message or a way in which you celebrate so they can put it on the big screen. And what we've seen so far, at least in the NBA, has been kind of a wide screen, if you will, something that would stretch the floor. And it looks just like a bunch of fans who have been asked to cheer, copied and pasted next to each other. And, of course, there's a filter to make it look less obvious. And they're just either cheering or booing. And that's an element of fandom that they've put in there. At the very least, it's real human beings who have been asked to do that, record themselves doing that. It's hokey, I get it, and it's a little cheesy, but... It's different than the CGI programmed crowd that is pretty much going to be in a loop out there. So you're going to see, what, 40, 45, 50,000 virtual fans in a loop. And the only reason why you'll know it is because they exist. The NBA, I don't know if you've caught on to this, but, and again, a lot of this is just born out of circumstance, right? A lot, a lot of what's been working or what will work is because due to circumstance, the NBA or another league was already doing it pre-COVID, so you notice less of it or it's easier to make a transition. For example, it's very rare, unless there's some sort of crowd shot during the breaks, and I I really started noticing this going down to Sixers games and then watching it on television, but you're in the dark a lot. Sitting in the stands... You're in the dark, especially during action. And then when there's a break, a timeout, end of the quarter, halftime, it lights up, rightfully so. Hey, we're shooting T-shirts into the crowd, and it's bright. It's super bright, Times Square level bright. But a lot of times, if you notice, they've infused music, and they've made it so that there's more of a spotlight on the court. Now, I guarantee you that if you watched any of the NBA action over the last day or so that's on television, you probably didn't even notice that there weren't fans in there until maybe like a quarter or so into it when they normally would show a fan. But just watching the games, first off, the the angles, the camera angles of what they've been able to do in the last four or five years has been aimed at mirroring video games 2K mainly, live years ago, but now 2K, to give you that wire cam. So you're really only watching what's happening on the floor, and even then, the court, because of how this wire cam is, kind of like three-quarters above them, not directly, but not anywhere near their their horizontal. It's up, obviously, down shooting on an angle, that the court looks even smaller. 
if you just look at the broadcasts, and you can do this now because you have time, not right this second because you're listening to the show or you're watching on Twitch or however you consume this program, twitch.tv slash Show. But the beauty of it is the NBA has been fully prepared for this thing. They just didn't realize it. You know, the NBA, the games, you won't notice much at all. The Orlando Arena will be dark for the most part outside of what's on the court. And then from there, any crowd noise or anything like that could be piped in via those screens. Heat fans yelling and screaming that they got a bad call against Duncan Robinson, something like that. Jimmy Butler is not going to be able to go up to anybody, you know, groups of people and fire him up. And I understand that. Look, I'm in a city right now where the home court advantage was everything, was absolutely everything. The Philadelphia 76ers benefited from a home crowd more than any team in the NBA, and I don't even think that's close. Just look at their record. Especially when they went on the road, it was a completely different basketball team. But that all aside, from a viewer standpoint, you're not going to notice it. I guarantee you that people are going to be talking about it and I made this analogy, I don't know, a month ago, and I'll make it again. It's just like putting that dot on the puck. It's just like trying to follow the puck around with that, was it red or blue dot that they put on the puck? I think it was Fox was the culprit who put that thing around there. And it was meant to make it easier to follow. And you know that was not the case. It was just their way of trying to build a bridge to an average sports fan who wouldn't be calling up and complaining, why is there hockey on my television? You know, as opposed to just sitting back and watching the MLB game of the week or some college football major game, in-conference game, the fourth or fifth week of the season. It's, why the heck am I watching this you know, hockey on television? People shaking their fists and going crazy. At Shander Show, 800-224-2004, your phone number. You can get us on Twitch if you're watching, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Ryan Ballinger off yesterday to handle a lot of wedding stuff. So back today and then off again tomorrow for the actual wedding stuff. But before we break and do another rendition or two of Tony Jake or Aton, Ryan Ballinger, the Golf News Net, uh, will join us coming up at 1140 Eastern. I was going to say 17 minutes from now. Either way, it's the same time. Here's what I need to do. One small thing I need to do. So, Ron, I figure I would ask your advice. I don't know if you did this. I assume this is more a tradition than not for weddings. But since it's such a small, compact wedding, I really only have two groomsmen. I have my brother-in-law-to-be and my actual brother. Yep. Everybody everybody else has pretty much been, you know, either they can't come or we just didn't have enough time. Or yeah, relegated room. to sitting in the audience or Zooming it in, right? Yeah, I got shut down on this. I wanted to live stream it to everybody, but I got shut down on on that. But uh. correct. Um, here's the thing, though. I ha- my fiance wants me to buy, which is fine. I just don't know even where to begin. Gifts for my two groomsmen, yes, my brother-in-law to be, and my brother. Right now, do I get them the same gift? Yes. Okay, that's a good place to start because I wasn't gonna. I didn't even know where to begin there. What did you do this, and what did you get for your groomsmen? Oh, what did did you buy him Rolexes? No, like Brady no, no, after no, he no, had no, a no, see, three thousand no. yard season. No, I mean, if I only had two, I probably would have spent more money. But I had, I think, six or seven, so each of them got the same gift equally. 
And I would you give him cash? <laughs> no, Same no. I think equally. I think it was uh, an engraved uh, money clip. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, so you went out and got them individually engraved, right? Yes. Okay. Now here's another little wrench in the problem. I only have today. Yep. I I can't. I don't have time for somebody to engrave anything. Sure so you I do. need to it go won't out. Take that long. What's that? Won't take that long. Well, if not, you know, well, usually do they engraving. have do they have common names or are they all messed up like you? No, Chris and Noah. Noah's my okay. brother. Chris so is my brother. So head to your head to your favorite novelty store and find <laughs> a cheat cane that says Chris and Noah on it. Uh, no, you you don't have to get it engraved like a flask. What yeah, a well, flask? here's here's what I would do. They're not listening, are they? No. Okay. Here, here's nobody's what, listening. Yeah, I know. But here's what I would do. I would go. There's there's got to be a place, uh, a cigar shop somewhere in your in your local hood. I would go and get, maybe get a box of cigars and a nice cigar cutter for them. Okay, I don't think my brother smokes cigars. Oh, uh, it's not about that. You, you just. He just has them, you know. Okay, so it's, how it's, many it's a, cigars? Per? It's a good manly gift. You don't have to go that far. You know, maybe like four, four each. Yeah, nice cigars, like ten dollar, ten dollar a pop yeah, cigars. It's, well, if you want, or you know, it's like, hey, you know, you get the cheap cigars, but it's a nice. No, box I don't want to get. Look, I, I don't want to give somebody who doesn't smoke cigars or does it regularly. Or smoke you know, cigars, if, they, if, there's a, if there's a nice box that it comes in, I mean, it just my brother-in-law will smoke them. There you go. All right, so I get the cigars and I get a nice cigar cutter. Yes. Okay. You know, one of those like finger ones where you just kind of snap, snap together. Yes. One of those. I mean, a nice looking one, not the you know plastic one that you get at a, a gas station. Ah, okay. All right. See, I ask a question. And that's and that's a great gift. Cigars and the cigar cutter. Yeah. Or you can go bottle of alcohol and and you know and a flask in a flask. But again, you won't have time to engrave the flask. Right, so I can't engrave anything. All right, I'll, let me or, think on that. Or you go the dazed and confused route and get a belt buckle that, like uh, um, Randall Pink Floyd. Where can I get a belt buckle? <laughs> you, know, you know what belt buckle Sears? I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that thing was amazing. Yeah. I don't know get... where you can find that belt buckle, but. All right, let me think on that. Three good options here. We'll do Tony Jaker, eights on next. Ryan Ballagy, 1140, all here on the second level. Listening to the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. All right, so Dan Schwartz twenty checks in, and you can hit us up twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Sports start back tomorrow. I'm still in a fog. I'm not opposed to them coming back, but don't um, know. No, Dan Schwartz is wrong. But go ahead. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is and I'm glad you caught that because that's where I was going to go. Dan, no, sports are back tonight. Don't tonight. let any Dodgers fan hear that. Come on. Gee whiz. We, hey, we didn't cheat. True. That's who I would have wanted to. Okay, so the ideal matchups tonight should be Yankees, Astros, Nats, Dodgers. That, that. that would have been fantastic. But they can't because of how the, this whole thing yeah. works and, and the it's divisions and all. Too, you know, 
Too much uh, flying. Why right, could, now, but you could have Dodgers Astros. We could have Dodgers Astros. Why, how and, and great would that. that have been? How great would it have been? Yankees Nationals Astros Dodgers. I agree. They they blew it. And, and so I'm they not went Giants tonight. Dodgers because Giants Dodgers is the is the second greatest rivalry in baseball. Yeah, but the Dodgers. Uh, pardon me. The Giants have to be good in order for that to to really I know. It is, to it. There's just something about. I mean. That first pitching matchup where you have Cole versus Scherzer, that's the stuff of dreams. Correct. I agree. And then you and then you go into uh Johnny Cueto versus Clayton Kershaw. I'll see Kershaw do any pitch against anybody. Cueto's not terrible. Yeah, but I mean still doesn't have the same No. Kershaw, yes, but, but Kershaw Cueto yes. and that team, no. But that's that's what they've done. And I'll be honest with you, man, I am liking a sixty game season for Kershaw. Well, until the reason, playoffs no, are playoffs. No, by no the reason why though, I if here's here's my reasoning behind this. I think I, it's I, the I know moment. We, I don't think it's the time of the year. I, I well I'm hoping this will de- this will de- um uh end that debate. Because there's a lot of people who think, you know, by the time you get to the playoffs he might have tired arms because he does pitch a lot throughout the year. They don't rest him. They don't they don't Steven Strasburg him. Right. Well I so, tell you, if that's the truth and if that's the case, then what do you do? You well, have to go back at once this whole COVID thing is over. Then you actually do have to Strasburg him. Yeah, I know you're going to have to. If, you, if this proves like if he's pitching better in October, assuming the Dodgers make it, if he's pitching better in October, because you know obviously you know in 60 games, what he's going to have uh, maybe 10, 12 starts at the most. Yeah, but I, again, man, I, I'll believe it when I see it. How about <laughs> that? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Now, do we have music for? I know we don't have imaging yet. Should we, we don't get have imaging? imaging. We we will be working on imaging, but okay. we're you know uh, the, the whole ma- everything is changing. Everything is changing. So, so I know we're at so the bottom of the list. I, I'm giving him I'm giving him time on that one. Perfect. So perfect. in the meantime, I'll just play uh, theme park music. Okay. Whose life would win Best Picture if it were turned into a film? Tony Jake or Aton? Ooh. Uh, from from. Uh, up until now, or yep, can we go birth? Nope, from birth to right now, to birth to right now. Uh, you know what? I mean, funny enough, um, I mean, Tony has had some uh, great travels, he's had some great experiences. You know, having worked in Vegas, he worked uh, uh, for a minor league basketball team. But I might lean towards Jake, even, even young Jake at this moment. Well, I don't think you know enough about my history. You I know, don't. I, I worked on I two don't movie know. sets, right? Okay. And one in Calgary for about four and a half, five months as a lighting tech. The other as a produ- assistant to a producer in in Montreal. I went and was on a service learning project. They called it my junior year, going into my senior year of high school, where for six weeks I was in and around Ecuador. Digging six to seven foot deep trenches to lay water pipes down for a village. I pretty well traveled with this job. I, Tony lives in Nashville. I spent nearly three years in Nashville. I was in Columbus, Ohio doing okay. some stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to sell myself. No, short. no, I'm not. I I'm thought not. it would be between me and Tony. I'm surprised you went Jake. The only reason why I went with Jake is because of the career that he's been able to put together so far. Because all he does is work. Oh, I know. He doesn't travel or do anything I know. else. He just works. And- I, well, you know, he's he's got the umbrella business uh, as his backing. 
The guy can't make eggs, and he can't put a bike together. You that's think he's what got I find, the most no, interesting that's life? That's what I find fascinating, because you didn't go, you didn't specify we're doing okay. a historical if biopic, we're, we're doing it, a comedy, <laughs> drama, thriller, action-adventure. What's the... What's the Gervais show, An Idiot Abroad? Maybe. Is that what we're talking Maybe. about? Maybe. Well, I don't want to bury him too much. We, no, okay. we do that too much already. No, but I mean, the, you know, where he is interned, where he has work. Uh, Fair enough. I mean, it, it has been a, it's been a you know, fascinating start. I was start. at the fan, too. You know, we, we can go. Oh, okay. Let me throw this one at you before <laughs> Ballinger. Who hasn't finished reading a book in the last two years? Kindle uh, is acceptable. E-books are acceptable. E-books? Just, okay. Yes. Then I would, I would, because it's, I'm cheating a little bit because I know Tony has recently. So my, I would say you have to, I have to narrow it down between you or Jake. Well, here's why it's Jake. Because I'm reading these like ebooks all the time on what's wrong with my golf swing. Okay. For the past four weeks. I've read, I think, 10 books and they're all ebooks on what to do, what, what the biggest so then, problem is with your swing. And it's I've got be 10 Jake. big problems now because I read 10 books. Yeah, then unfortunately it'll be Jake because he didn't even What's read he reading? Sports Illustrated? Well, he didn't read the instructions to how to put together a bike. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So coming into today, there clearly weren't a ton of many big names. Especially, it seems like we got spoiled for the first part of the PGA season returning. And we're spoiled every week with the insight from one Ryan Balangi. Normally joins us Wednesday at this time, but me being off Wedding stuff. Getting married on Saturday in a pandemic is, is harder than you think, Ryan. Ryan Ballingy at Ryan Ballingy on Twitter, at Golf News Net. And, of course, the website we keep promoting and telling you to go, all things golf, is thegolfnewsnet.com. Welcome, sir. Appreciate your time and flexibility. And uh, are you surprised, at least heading into, we'll get to DJ and, and some things happening today, but were you surprised that this was such a noticeably thin group? Heading into the 3M Open. Well, first, Aton, congrats on the wedding. That's awesome. Um, second, no, not really surprised. I mean, the 3M Open kind of had a, a decent feel last year because of the first year of the, the event, and the PGA Tour for a first year of an event likes to get as many kind of bigger name players to come and play, so that fans in that location can think, hey, you know, every year is going to be like this, and it's not like that for every tournament every year. This being the sixth tournament. Um, you know, they they wanted to come out in full force for the restart. They had tremendous fields for the first four events, really first three. For the fourth one was pretty good. but And then obviously had two weeks at Jack's Place. Even the field for the workday, which was just a made-up tournament, had a pretty darn good field just because of the flexibility of being in Ohio for two weeks uh, attracted some top-name players. But this was kind of going to be the natural letdown point given the way things unfolded. And we only have eight of the world top 50 in the field this week. Uh, that means we're probably likely to see a, a relatively unknown or relatively uh, new, uh, I guess, new name to most golf fans who have been watching the last five, six weeks. Um, and right now, with like you alluded to, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka playing the way they are, uh, that, that those chances increase pretty significantly. Well, yeah, and, and I think Dustin Johnson probably more surprising, and you made a very astute observation just about how poor he's been playing 
You tweeted this out about a half hour ago at Ryan Ballinger, of course, 22 over in his last 45 holes. He was right there at the top, clearly because of name recognition, I'm sure. But is this cause for alarm because of how bad it's been consistently now? Or is this just something where you think he can bounce back on this first day, knowing that there probably won't be a a lot of big-name pressure, at least in front of him? I think it's disconcerting. I mean, you shoot back-to-back 80s at Muirfield Village, a course that should hypothetically set up for his fade because Jack Nicklaus designed that course, and he loved to fade. Uh, He only beat one guy in 36 holes last week, and he had won his previous PGA Tour start, which, uh, you know, golf is hard. But um, to then go follow up that next nine holes at TPC Twin Cities, which is a dramatically easier golf course than Muirfield Village was set up last week, and then to finish the side with a quadruple bogey, put a couple balls in the drink on the ninth hole and turn in six over, uh, that, that starts to make you wonder where DJ's head is and what's going on. Is he injured? Is there some other problem uh, that's just beyond playing bad golf and kind of the natural churn that sometimes happens even to the best players in the world? So right now, depends on what the next nine looks like, but uh, I'm definitely concerned. If you've basically played your last 45 holes and half of them in bogey, uh, that's just not good for a professional golfer. How far away are we, do you think, from Brooks Kepka taking some significant time off to fix either his body or, or something with the swing? It's going to be hard for him because he's two weeks away from a title defense. Actually, defends the title next week, but he's two weeks away from looking for a third straight PGA championship. That's virtually unprecedented in the history of the event. A month later, he's got to find a way to try to play the U.S. Open and look for a third U.S. Open title. And then he's got a Masters in November where he has improved basically every year he has played that tournament in terms of his finish. So he can't do a whole lot better than second place. Um, Right now his knee, I mean, he alluded to it last week in Muirfield Village, that it's really not that much better. Uh, He said this week it felt better on a flatter golf course. Uh, But to anyone watching, you know that, you know, Augusta National or anyone watching the Masters over the years, you know that Augusta National is not a flat golf course. Um, Wingfoot and TPC Harding Park, which are going to host the first two majors of the year, they are relatively flat. But for him, it's going to be just mobility. And if you feel pain on every shot, it's going to be hard to generate power. If it's hard for him to generate power, there goes the big thing that differentiates him from everybody else other than his mentality in the major championships. So I think it's going to be hard for him to pull himself away, just knowing what's on the line for him in the next 60 days. But if he has an atrocious performance in the PGA championship and it doesn't look anywhere near what he would expect, maybe he decides to do a scope or does kind of the, the low grade level fix that he needs and takes maybe 45, 60 days away from it, shelves the FedEx cup playoffs because he's not really going to advance very far in those anyway. And then just hope to be ready for the masters. What's the feel right now with Bubba Watson? Where is he right now in his career from, uh, especially from a betting standpoint, because I know even in this tournament, his odds were bumped up, and it probably as a result, again, similar to Kepka and DJ, of just having very few bigger names in the event. But it just seems like the golf people, whenever I bring him up, they kind of groan a little bit. And is that really where we are right now with Bubba? I think Bubba's just kind of one of – I mean, he's, he's basically a 40-year-old guy uh, in golf. That used to not be as big of a deal, but now it, it seems to be an even bigger deal with the younger names who have developed in the last six weeks and really the last 12 or 18 months. 
and those guys can bang the ball just as far as Bubba once did. Bubba's losing distance. Again, that used to be like his thing. He could bomb the ball. He could shape the ball. He could see stuff that other players, maybe other, you know, maybe Phil or Tiger uh, couldn't see. And that made him an asset. But he also was lousy in majors that weren't the Masters. And he psyched himself out of t- tournaments in more difficult venues. He's a guy who loves these types of TPC courses where you can score, you can kind of bang it all over the place and play your style of golf and feel free to do that. I think that's probably why a lot of people would have bought into Bubba this week. Uh, they, they bought into him for the Travelers because it was a place he had won three times. So he kind of has his spots, you know, Travelers, Riviera, uh, the Masters. Those are the three places, I, and the only three places, really, I think about betting Bubba Watson. Other than that, he just kind of seems to have this mental block, whatever that is, about more difficult tournaments and places he just isn't familiar with or doesn't like. So I, I tend to step away from looking at him on pretty much 35 out of 40 weeks of the year. Fair enough. Ryan Ballingy joining us. That's all I need to hear at Ryan Ballingy on Twitter at Golf News Net, the Twitter account, and then the site, thegolfnewsnet.com. Looking at where we are, it's very early, but still Kyle Stanley at six under with the lead. Is there a name that hasn't teed off yet that you think has a pretty good shot at hovering around or, or maybe even play, shooting a little better and would be a pretty good name for contention to lead after one? That's going to be – I mean, the guys I like this week are going to be guys that are probably going to shoot four or five under today, like a Lucas Glover or Harris English. Maybe Sam Burns. Uh, he's played really well in the restart. He's a younger guy, so he's probably going to play a really aggressive style coming out the gate. So maybe he's trying to think about posting a number better than that, you know, 65, 64. Um, I would think younger guys. I'm not thinking older guys. Most young guys, uh, they are fearless. They don't – they have no compunction about going for every pin. Uh, the older guys kind of – pick their spots and try to just play it safely without uh, without making a whole lot of squares on the card. So I've, if anybody, right, and I like Sam Burns going into the tournament, his odds were pretty good. It, it Maybe a Will Gordon, too. Uh, he's very much beloved this week by the, uh, the DFS community. Uh, I, I think that maybe his odds are a little too low just because he's a, a young kid who's really in like his 10th career professional start. But he has showed very quickly that he's not going to be uh, just some kind of name that sinks into the background. So maybe maybe those guys are worth looking at. All right, well, who was the you said Glover, Burns, Will Gordon? Who was the you was another name that you said that you liked, but not to lead after one, but you'd like to win the tournament. Harris English. He's Harris played great English, in the restart. That's, sorry. And uh, he's had a tremendous resurgence this year. I mean, he basically lost his card after last season. Went back to the uh, or went to the Q School Finals or the the Corn Ferry Tour Finals, what they're called now, and played lights out and it sensed I think a light switch has gone off like hey my career is threatened I got to get my stuff together and he he has done just that Ryan I have to say and and I wanted to get your thoughts on one more thing with the 3M and then we can just let you brag and and just let the world know to continue to listen because you killed it last week especially with the ROM pick but as far as today is concerned I know you gave a couple names here is there anybody that, and I don't even know what you would constitute a long shot right now, but is there anybody that you feel, forget about what's happening right now, unless, of course, that golfer has played themselves out of contention. Is there another? Is there one other name that we haven't mentioned before we move on from the 3M that you really like, even if it's a, a top five or top ten finish, not necessarily to win? Not really. I've tried to stay kind of 
on the long shot, you know, kind of that 70, 80 range this week, maybe 40. I haven't looked at favorites. I haven't looked at top fives or tens just because in tournaments like this one with weak names, a lot of the guys are trying to play for status. You know, there are going to be a lot of guys who are in the 126 to 150 status category, which basically means you get limited numbers of starts. So these things are like their weight in gold. So they're going to go for everything. Uh, and that means for a name player, that may be more difficult for them uh, to do well this week. So if you're looking, you want to take your shots this week, but don't don't hang up a lot of money on this tournament just because you have so many players that, frankly, most of them are unknown to a lot of betters. Um, so you're just kind of throwing shots in the dark and you're hoping someone like a Charles Howe the third, all of a sudden at 40 to one is like a guy you want to like, well, he he's won like once in the last 12 years. So do you really like him that much? Um, so I, I think if you, if you wanted to take a couple long shots at the start of the week, you probably looked at young guys in their twenties who are aggressive on a course like this again, like Will Gordon, Sam Burns, Sam Ryder, kind of guys like that. And then maybe a couple of veterans who just kind of know how to hang on to cards and, know how to feast on these types of tournaments and again mention those guys but no i mean i i kind of stayed away from pretty much virtually a large betting card this week for that very reason this tournament is going to be pretty unpredictable i think well if there's anybody to go to it's definitely you you killed it last week and nailed john rom telling us all on wednesday tweeters out there taking your advice did you agree with the penalty let's start there i know you saw it moved a lot of money from both wagering and DFS mm-hmm. tournaments, but was the ball moving to the point where he should have been assessed those two strokes? I don't think he should have been just under the the strict interpretation of the rules, which is the 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 new uh, interpretation of how you look at video with the new rules of golf is if you can't see it with the naked eye, if it has to be showed with slow motion camera or HD video, which is kind of their their two synonymous terms, then you don't have to call the penalty on yourself. So I don't think if, if we were just talking about this as a regular tournament and it didn't matter whether Rom won or lost or, you know, if people saw it on TV, I, I would say, no, I'm not, you don't need to assess that penalty. But I think Rom took it just saying, you know what, I'm going to win anyway. It doesn't matter how much I win by, I still get paid the same and no one could say anything to me uh, in the media or fans or whatever that I, I did something illegal and didn't want to own up to it. That all said, there are a lot of guys on the PGA Tour who do what Rom did every week. Not on purpose. They're not trying to move the ball, but they sold their club between, uh, the, you know, put it on the ground behind the ball to try to mat down the grass a little bit before those more difficult shots. And 99% of those never make it on camera. And I'll bet at least a percentage of those, the ball moves even a little bit. And those players are not calling those two-stroke penalties on themselves. They're just not. That's not how it works. So unless you're able to police every shot on camera, I think it's kind of unfair to give Rom this penalty knowing full well that he probably didn't see it move, uh, or if he did see it move, he saw it because there was a camera involved. It wasn't because he saw it with his naked eye. Hopefully you didn't have anything specific on there that that was crushed and it was just Rom winning it because that wasn't impacted. But, man, from DFS tournaments to margin of victory to just straight up, Palmer versus Rom on the final day. So much shit. And that was a, I mean, that was a plus 185 bet for a yes. lot of people. If you had Ryan Palmer to win, that, those two strokes were everything for you. Okay. So, um, unreal. Ryan, thanks as always, man. Appreciate it. We'll chat next week and have a great weekend. Enjoy the golf. Thanks, you too. Congrats on the wedding again. Thanks again, Ryan. I appreciate that. At Ryan Ballinger, at Golf News Net, thegolfnewsnet.com. We'll wrap next. 
scratching beneath the surface. It's the second level, presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. This morning, and I was listening to Ron before we came on the air, and the six minutes or so we have at the start of each hour as we're live on the stream, twitch.tv slash Shander Show is saying that he's waiting for this tropical storm to hit. Well, it hit here. And I was outside on the ninth hole of a nine hole. We have uh, this course that I play at. There are three nines. Two come together to make an 18, and then there's a third. The third is, is easier than the 18, which is just impossible. I mean, it, it's, it's meant to be a monster, and it's very difficult. And I, I shot 102, 108, and, and 109 three straight days there. So here I am on the, a little easier course. Having the round, the nine of my life, right? like literally, the, the, I've never played better golf before. The clouds start coming. Over. It's right out of Caddyshack. I kid you not. I wish I could make this up. And I start to see it get dark. I see a little sprinkle. I'm thinking, ah, it's okay. I can play through this. I look up and through eight. Now it's raining. It's not pouring yet, but it's it's raining. And I just put in on eight, and I start to look at my – and I'm thinking, hold on a second. You know, I'm, I'm 37 through eight. I don't think I've ever played – I've never done anything this well with a golf club before. Now it is just pouring, pouring rain, thunder, lightning, the horns going off. Somebody actually came out on a cart. One of the main guys It's like, dude, you, you, you can't be out here anymore. I'm trying to finish up the round of my life. Nothing mattered, all right? I could have been struck by lightning. It didn't matter. Damn it, I was finishing. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. A Gal Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Need a mortgage that fits your life? Rocket can. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. We are finally here. We've got baseball tonight. And it may look different. It may not. It, it may just be a happy return to something normal, if you will. We have had sports on television. I, I don't want to overlook that by any means. And you're going to see more and more. I guess this is a conversation in baseball, but you're going to see more and more players, maybe even a manager or two, as we saw with Gabe Kapler, take a knee during the anthem and use their platform, whatever their platform may be throughout the game, before or after, when it comes to press conferences. I know those will be different as well, but you're going to hear players speak and act and push a message and that's just really the, where we are right now in in the world i am also seeing though there could be a postponement now wouldn't this be baseball defined right now the back and forth just eking your way out to 60 games and finally you get a schedule and now i know there's discussion about expanding the playoffs and We'll talk a little bit more about that in five minutes. But tonight's game between the Nats and Yankees could actually be rained out. It does look like that at least over the next couple of hours. 
there's either going to be a significant amount of downpour or the downpour will be so heavy that they don't know if the field will be ready in time. We are looking at severe thunderstorms as far as the forecast concerned in D.C. It looks like that storm that hit here that kicked me off the golf course this morning en route to the best nine of my life is heading down south a little bit. It's not too far to go from Philly down to D.C. We know already that it's going to head south, southeast, if you will, the flow of the storm. So wouldn't this be something? And then it would just be the Dodgers and Giants. One game for it all tonight. Beneath the surface, it's the second level presented by Rocket Mortgage from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander. So I have two questions. One, I don't know the answer to. I don't even know where we are technically. It's opening day, and I don't know where we are. So Ron may have to help with this. Maybe John I McMullen. Gotcha. Okay, I figured you would have at least an answer. You may not know, but you'll have an answer. I don't even know what the question is, so exactly. hit me with the question first. But you have an answer. I, I have an answer. G- McMullen, yes. I'm sure, has an answer somewhere stored up in his brain. He probably doesn't even realize it. You can hit us up at Shander Show at Ron Culver, two ends, twitch.tv slash Shander Show is where you can watch the program. And, of course, 800 224 Let's start with a question that I know the answer to, which is going to be yes. I just don't know why. But yes, I I guess technically the answer will be yes. There will be a ton of people who will buy this pay-per-view fight that allegedly has Mike Tyson going up against Roy Jones Jr. in an eight-round exhibition match. And I'm seeing this, Kevin Ioli at Kevin L., Heard there will be boxer versus MMA fighters on the undercard. Looks like it will be in Cali. Don't have the date yet. So this broke about 40 minutes ago where Mike Tyson has allegedly agreed to fight. Now, has Roy Jones Jr. agreed to? We need to make sure that both guys. I have no idea about this one. This, but I thought you were going to ask me a baseball question. Oh, I am. Don't don't get me wrong. The baseball question is now. This one technically wasn't specifically to you. It was just out there in general. But I guarantee you that people are excited right now, and they're so excited that their senses will be dulled if not blocked, and they'll go out and they'll pay fifty nine ninety nine to watch this fight. I have zero. I'm not going to judge anybody for doing this. I get it. People are bored. You probably would have paid. Nine ninety nine an episode for the last dance. We were so starved for something. I get it that it's Mike Tyson. He still has an appeal. I'm not anti-Mike by any means. I'm not anti-Roy Jones. I think Roy Jones is a compelling personality. But I don't want to see these guys in the ring in any type of fight or any type of exhibition. Jones at 51, Tyson's 54. A couple of 50-plus, and that's not a knock. I'm 42. I'm much closer than whoever's out there listening at 51 in your current state than Mike Tyson or Roy Jones Jr., so don't get me wrong here. This is not some golden Adonis 
speaking down to you. This is me and you out there being average human beings at anywhere from 30 to 60. I don't know why this is appealing. I'd rather watch Conor McGregor box a kangaroo than Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. do anything in the ring together. I'd rather watch them get into the ring and sing a duet that come in to your city. I mean, I'd rather hear Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. do some sort of duet of a song and a genre of music that they would never be seen performing than have them get for free. I'd rather see that. Like, I would pay for them to get into a ring. Whoever plays the guitar is fine. I don't know whoever can play it better. And then start singing songs in genres of music that you never thought. Wow, there's Tyson coming to your city. And I'd rather hear, I would pay for that if that meant that this fight wouldn't happen. Even if this fight were free, and I didn't even have to pay a dime for this fight. Let's even look at it like that. What is the return? What is the return of your investment watching this fight? And here's another thing. This is what I would not want to see. Your vision right now. See, this is why guys don't play until they can't physically move anymore. It's why Jordan got out when he could. I mean, Allen Iverson was essentially forced out. But it's why guys don't play until their body is physically broken. Even Kobe, towards the end of his time, you could see his body was breaking down. But it's the reason why all-timers don't just hang until they come out as designated hitters getting 100, 120 at-bats a year, making league minimum, and at one point was a two- or three-time MVP. That's a rarity if it ever happens. Your idea of who Mike Tyson is will change drastically. The image, the legend of who Tyson is will change for the worse exponentially if Roy Jones Jr. knocks him out. Yeah, you do have to add the good and the bad, and you can look at the biting of an ear, you can look at the flipping out, you can look at the rape, you can look at prison, you can look at a lot of things that don't make Mike Tyson add up to be a good dude. Same thing with Floyd Mayweather. That guy, when you add things up, he's not a good guy, not a good human being. Hell of a fighter, hell of a boxer, and that's really all Tyson has a couple of moments in the hangover, but that's really what Tyson has left for him to go out and risk damaging his legacy. And I don't even mean as far as he's going to get stripped of a bell or anything like that. No, but this would be a lasting memory of 54-year-old Mike Tyson back on the canvas, or maybe he does something crazy. Maybe this triggers old Mike, and instead of getting knocked out, he would rather take a bite out of his opponent's ear. No, 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 no. I'm not going to lose this fight. That was the original throwing the controller across the room and aborting on a video game. You're going up against some 14, 15-year-old kid in Madden. It's the fourth quarter, and that kid's winning 45 to 17. And what do you do? You rage quit. Throw the remote, cut off the machine, and then that's it. He was the original rage quitter. He even did enough, I think, from a positive standpoint in the ring to balance stuff out. That's the lasting image you want. And then so what? 
He knocks out 51-year-old Roy Jones Jr. So what? I mean, that the, one of the biggest knocks on Tyson is that anybody who fought, he fought when that fighter was actually in his prime, Tyson struggled or lost. Buster Douglas aside, and this would be even more proof to it. And again, I don't think this is a positive either way. I don't know why you gain anything from it. I don't know why you would drop $60 on it. I'd rather see the two of them in a concert. I'd rather see the two of them doing covers for Heart or some random 80s band. I was trying to think uh, you know, other ones you could throw out. Just random 80s covers of duets. It'd be, I guess, better, like Hall & Oates. Wouldn't you rather see Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. cover a Hall & Oates album than actually get into the ring at 50-plus each and fight? That's entertainment. You want to see something you've never seen before. How about Tyson and Jones Jr. getting in the ring and all of a sudden out comes the piano and next thing you know, Hall and Oates. Now, what would be their most famous album that they would do, I guess, right? That's something. Probably uh, Voices? I don't know. We'd have to go through discography. It's happening. It looks to be locked in. I saw that Post Malone and Snoop could possibly be performing if you needed any more enticement to not buy this thing. Well, I'm reading here, Kevin Ioli, Yahoo Sports Kevin Ioli is reporting that the the fight will take place September 12th at Carson, California's Dignity Health Sports Park. So that's September 12th. Yeah, which is uh, that sports park is uh, was home to the Chargers the past three seasons. So they're not familiar with hosting anybody. Yeah. It's basically they're, like a brand new stadium. They're, they're not. I mean, no fans will be there to see this either. Right. Exactly. There's a very easy transition. Maybe that's why they had it. So that they would not be upset or disappointed when, in fact, nobody shows up. Here's the beauty of it, though. More people will probably show up to that fight than the Guaranteed. Chargers games over the last three years combined. Guaranteed that that will be a packed house. Oh, my goodness. And Chargers, and there will probably be Chargers in attendance. Unbelievable, isn't it? It is unbelievable. All right, now here's my other question. And we'll get to fake news coming up in a couple of minutes. We may drag... John McMullen in for fake news since we missed him earlier in the week. There was so much going on here. And, well, actually, we have breaking news in the NFL. I'm seeing this, right? Schefter tweeting, Washington will call itself the Washington football team. Pending adoption of a new name, sources tell ESPN. This is not a final renaming and rebranding no. for the team. It's just until they win this trademark battle. Yeah, because well, there's also rumors out there, too, of different websites that have been bought by the same people. By the team or by, by somebody team, else? By the same team that owned the Redskins website. Ah. There was a patent for uh, a website that they had purchased. Yeah, I don't hate the Washington football team. Yeah. That's no, no, I, th- I think that's just a placeholder right now because they're, they're saying, hey, right. we're not gonna, don't call us Redskins. But I, I would not be upset at all if they just kept it as that. I don't expect much from Washington's football team. Creativity is definitely not yeah, one of the things I'm feeling I that they're going to go Sentinels. Sentinels wouldn't be bad. You know what Sentinels reminds me of, though? It reminds me of those robot things that were sent to kill people in the Matrix. Well, you, you, well there was also the Washington Sentinels in the movie The Replacements. Oh, that's right. Okay, so now we have even more Keanu Reeves references. Yeah, but I mean, that, I think there's some movement 
Taurus and Sentinels. What there is it was with Keanu and Sentinels? I don't know, but there was a uh, a team uh, officially named today in the NHL. In the NHL, do you have this breaking news? Well, it's not really breaking. It's all over the tweeter. Well, I was going to allow you to break the news. No, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's official. The newest NHL franchise is the, the Seattle, Seattle Kraken. Eh. Kraken. I mean, my goodness. Well, you knew they were going to go Kraken once that name was thrown out there. Was it? Yeah. Well, they had a whole list of different name options they could have gone with. Once Kraken was there, obviously, they got to go Sea Monster. Uh, I'm not sure why, but... The, the, why can't they go choice. something that would honor Seattle and not some stupid Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Well, like Coffee? Yeah, the Seattle Starbucks would be the, fantastic. The Seattle Caffeinators? Yeah, I'm okay with either one. Either one. Hey, real quick, this is my question. Where the hell are the Blue Jays playing baseball games? Uh, they're not. By my estimation, I looked at their schedule. They have. Uh, they honestly have until July 31st to play a home game. Now, they do have, because uh, they start the season on the road. I, guess, I can't remember who they're playing against on the road. It's the Yan- no, it's not the Yankees. Somebody. And then they have... Two road games against the Nationals, and they were supposed to have two home games against the Nationals. They could just flip-flop those real quick. But on July 31st, they're supposed to host the Phillies. Where, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, that's the first home game is against my squad, and I don't even know where it's going to be. I can tell you this. It ain't going to be in Canada, right? It's not. No, Canada has said no. Pittsburgh has said no. Allegheny County, they said no. And look, I don't blame anybody. I don't want to deal. If I'm already dealing with a team, for example, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Pittsburgh, Well, no, here's the problem is what the problem is because Pittsburgh isn't Pittsburgh's in the central. They're not in the east, right? Correct. So Pittsburgh doesn't have to play those teams uh, from down south that are having high COVID issues right now. Yes, because that's where so the issues really add- coming in. It's it's the it's the you know team from Tampa, the team from Miami, the team team from Atlanta. Those teams coming up to play, uh, they're coming from regions where COVID is really high right now. And that's why Canada said no. It's like, hey, we don't want it. Canada had the most perfect situation. They have a hotel built into their stadium. You can quarantine. You can create a, a Toronto bubble perfectly. But that's not going to happen. What about the Seattle sushi? It's the best sushi I've ever eaten before <laughs> in my life. I've never had. It's, what about it's, Seattle flying fish? Okay, I'm going to put that in there. It's too late. They're already at the Kraken. Well, no, but I'm going to put this out on Twitter. has to be a better name than Kraken. Seattle Starbucks, Seattle Caffeinators, I'm going to credit you. We just have to, maybe uh, McMullen has something better. I don't know. We'll hit fake news next. I, I don't, this, you make sense on what you're talking about with Toronto. I'm still caught up in this whole Kraken thing. We'll hit fake news next. So can I ask you a question? Oh. Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. All right, too much stuff is going on today. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. 
We've had a, a fake news just with sports where now John McMullen is going to join us. Yeah, he's right, on right now briefly for this segment, and then we'll talk some football coming up. But I mean, if you just led with 54 year old Mike Tyson plans on fighting 51 year old Roy Jones Jr. September 12th, I would have hit the buzzer right there and said, all right, fake news. Let's yep. go. Let's move on. Now, that's as real as rain. Uh, well, why don't you take things away? Let's let's see where we're at. All right. Well, with fake news today, I decided to have a little bit of fun with you, Aton. Uh-oh. And John can definitely join in with us. Um, there, there is a little bit of a theme to this one in light of what you're going off to do tomorrow. So tell me which one is fake, okay? Yes. This is wedding themed. Wedding themed. Marriage themed. All right. Here we go. Story number one. Newlyweds are getting slammed on Reddit for their tacky for their super tacky X-rated wedding cake topper. John, your thoughts? Uh, Reddit people criticizing you. Yeah, I can believe that for anything, basically. So just so you'll the be fact walking that it's down Reddit the street makes it, makes it yes, believable. Exactly. Okay. Very believable, just because it's Reddit. Now, have you already picked out your wedding cake topper, Aton? I, bro, I don't even know what the cake is. Are you kidding me? I, Congratulations, I know, by I the know way, to Aton. show up with my tux, clothes I'm going to wear Friday for the rehearsal dinner, and some lighter stuff I could wear Sunday for brunch, and to prepare and vows, and I, that's I, very little. I don't even know what kind of cake we're having. That was going to be my advice. Stay out of the way as, yes. you, as much yes. as you can. Absolutely. That's, that was pretty much cake was the only decision I was allowed a part of. Well, to be fair, with with this being a non-COVID event, I would have been involved in all the food things. Yeah. But since she did an amazing job of just putting it all together, I'm just staying out of it. Yeah, but I that, was, that's, that's I a was, good place uh, to start. I was a part of the uh, choosing of the venue. Where you get to go and visit a lot of places because I took my wife there. I had no choice in saying, well, I would like to go here. Right. I got to go to see all the venues. And I got to help pick uh, dinner and dessert. Okay. Okay. I had no say in anything. I didn't even know, like, you had to pick a color theme. Right. I didn't even know that was a thing. All new stuff. (laughs) To all of us. All right, so that's story one. Story one. Story number two. A groom became distracted by his <clears throat> wife's assets and almost forgot the most important part of the wedding ceremony, to say I do. Uh, yeah, that's believable. Uh, I can be distracted by assets, so I can see that how that happens. Yeah, I can, So far, I can we've got well. two believable ones. Right. Is there anything more we need to know about that distraction story, or is it pretty no, much self No, I mean, self-evident? it's pretty much self-explanatory. He literally didn't hear the question and just stood there dead silent. Although I am and, starting to think And about somebody that had to kind of nudge him a little bit and say, hey, buddy. Ah, I'm like, starting hey. to think, Ron, Ron, do you like Curb Your Enthusiasm? I assume you do. Yeah. Is this all yeah, rip-offs from Curb? They did an episode about people... Not just the groom, but people being distracted uh, at a wedding by assets. So I'm well, they're, starting they, to think they're usually, might have went down that road. They're usually on full display. Correct. That's why you go to the wedding. Yeah. That's okay. why, uh, I mean, you know, 
the bride usually picks out the bridesmaids' dresses. If, yes, if, you got to make the bride stand out. Yeah, if no the bride could, that. she would put her bridesmaids in potato sacks. That's correct. All right. Story number three. I know we've all heard that urban legend of the groom who framed his new bride by placing pictures of her and his best man doing the deed underneath everyone's chair and then stood up to give an announcement and told everyone to look underneath the chair and then immediately filed for divorce. You guys have heard that story. Yeah, in my defense, I was going through a dark time at at that particular. (laughs) Well, see, that's what I was going to say. That actually is, It's even though uh, people believe it to be an urban legend, it's actually based on a true story. That that actually did happen, and it's kind of got lost in translation throughout the years. So is the story that it's been unearthed as a true story? It's, it's, It's actually a true story, but many people believe it to be an urban legend because it's so out there that they they can't wrap their head around the fact that a a guy would have done this, that he had this much petty in him. Well, it is dumb to do, not only from the fact that uh, it is petty, but it also makes you look bad. Yeah. Uh, Because obviously your wife is cheating on you with the best man. Right. Why would you bring attention to that? Yeah, exactly. These are all potential. Uh, I I like that, Ron. I'm thinking... I, I got the curb angle on two. You might have made that up. Uh, three. I'm going to go three. It's fake news. I'm going to go two, but I'm going to use your reasoning. This is right up Culver's alley here to rip something off of an episode of a show that he knows well, like Curb, just to add a little difference in the three stories. So I'm going to say two based off your own logic, John. You're going to lock in on three. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice. So everyone believes the uh, the Reddit users were letting a couple have it over their super tacky wedding topper, huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know that is very believable, and it's a it's a cute wedding topper. I mean, very. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it on my wedding cake, but but it's real, right? It, that story is real. Okay. Um, so you guys are both right there, and unfortunately, Aton. God, you should follow John's lead. You let him go first. Well, yeah. Doesn't mean he's always right. No, but he is this time. <laughs> All right. You didn't rip yeah, that off from Curb. Is that I did. That you? actually that, that actually did happen. Now, maybe Curb ripped it off from that story. Mm. But that actually did happen where a um, groom was uh, distracted, if you will. Wow. Had, to be, had to be nudged and had the question repeated to him. Luckily, that's not going to happen with me. You're listening to The Second Level, presented by Rocket Mortgage, from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. So John McMullen, our NFL insider, is with us. He nailed fake news. Shame on me for not listening to John. At JF McMullen is how you follow him on Twitter. Joins us each and every... Now, Monday, we've expanded this thing. Monday, 1240, Thursday, 1240, so we'll get the best of both days once the NFL season resumes when we anticipated resuming. Now, I have a question for you that has to do with Saturday. I've already asked Ron Culver this question, and to be fair to Ron, I think he knocked it out of the park and maybe gave me the best answer. But I ask you, a man, a worldly and intelligent individual who 
has thoughts on a lot of things outside of simply sports. I'm to buy a gift. Now, there are only two because everything has been whittled down now, and, and the numbers are at, like, you know, 20 or so. But I only have two groomsmen, my brother-in-law and my brother, my brother-in-law-to-be and my brother. I'm supposed to buy them a gift. I'll give you Ron Culver's suggestion. He's, he threw out vices, either an engraved flask and some liquor. Flask is, yeah. Right, or Flask cigars is. with a really nice cigar cutter, which I actually really like that idea. I can get them both nice cigars and a cigar cutter. I know my brother doesn't really smoke. My brother-in-law will smoke them up, but I, I don't know. If, is there anything I'm missing? And here's the only caveat in all of this, John, is that I don't have time. I basically have to go to a store, pick it up, and buy it. I don't have time for somebody to sit there and tell me, well, it'll be ready in two days, any type of engravement, if you will. Yeah, I, I mean, flasks are big. I'm a big flask guy for that exact reason. When you're talking about smoking, you got to make sure that people are willing to smoke, and less and less people smoke today. Everybody drinks, or 90% of the people. So I, I think your odds are better with the flask. Uh, however, I, I, I've been to, like, I don't know. I've been to a lot of weddings. And by the way, I'm stunned I wasn't invited well, to this Well, nobody's one, we'll invited to this thing. You'll be invited. No, I, I'm Tony it's, Bruno it's spent uh, 20 minutes lambasting me because he wasn't invited yeah, to this thing. I know. Uh, I, I would go fly. I have like, 10 flats from weddings. That's how uh, it, it's common. But you don't but use them. Everybody likes them. Well, everybody you just said them. you have them stacked up. What, what are the odds that I you're using these stacked flasks? Up. But the majority of people haven't been to that many weddings or been in that many weddings. So they will be, especially the first-timers, they'll enjoy it. Nice nice to have. Stick it in your suit pocket. Have a little swig now and again. Well, either way, I figure they'll either be smoking a cigar or drinking the whiskey or whatever they put in the flask, right? So these are gifts that they could use right there. Yeah, now I'm saying if you know... If you know they smoke and they enjoy cigars, I, I would go the other route because it is more unique. But if you don't know, if you're if you're kind of teetering on that, I think you got to go the safe route. Okay, so I don't go a, a USA beer cap map, which is essentially the map of the United States with small holes that you can fill in with beer caps. That's what, you would avoid that, right? No, you got to class it up for for okay. your wedding. You got to class that thing up. Fair enough. Now, what what are you going to like better? Is it going to be whatever name the Washington football team, and I know this is a placeholder now, decides on Sentinels? Uh, I think we've seen, or maybe there's another name, or the Seattle Kraken. Which name will John McCracken <laughs> prefer? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm a little disappointed that Washington didn't go Washington Football Club as the mm. placeholder, sort of to tweak the uh, soccer fans. Well, you could go FC fans. Washington, right? Yeah, you could go Washington FC. Oh, do they have an MLS team? I don't even. Yes, I don't they even do. Know, Absolutely, be... they do. So ben Olsen, yeah, it was a manager of DC, DC United. United, and he's a DC Harrisburg United. guy. United, yes, I yes. So, uh, yeah, they're fine with Washington SC uh, because they have D.C. But Seattle Kraken, I mean, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Although a, a Kraken can maybe solve some of the problems up there in 
the Pacific Northwest if we could get a real crack in it. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is, you know, we're we're basing these names off of movies now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. I, I mean, I was not a a big fan of the Mighty Ducks back in the day, uh, which they ultimately shortened. Um, yeah, uh, Seattle Kraken's kind of weak. How long do you think it will be until the Washington football team has a real name? Uh, I've, I've said they'll have it by September 13th, which is their opener. Um, I certainly thought they would change it, and, and people were saying there's no way you can do it. And they've, they've already done it. So they're going to have uh, the new uniforms and everything ready. So it does seem that they are preparing for a longer um longer standard than that so uh it looks like they're not going to have it week one and maybe they have to work out some of the trademark issues we know people are squatting on some of the potential names uh so you got to go through all that rigmarole as well and maybe they're putting a little more thought into it than i thought they were going to put into it but uh ultimately they'll have the new uniforms redskins are retired as of really today so uh when they Firmly get it in place. Hey, I, I look at it, you know, I'm a journalist, so I'm cynical about things. I, I look at it like you can sell merchandise with the Washington football team, and then you can sell merchandise when you put the name together. Right. I, I think that might have something to do with it as well. Sure, they're going to lose a lot of money with everything that's already been branded with the name Redskins on it. And as much as they'll get an influx of people buying new stuff, They've created some sort of third avenue, which is a stopgap, if you will, a placeholder. And, yeah, they're going to monetize the heck out of that. Now, before we get to what happened in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer, I'm curious. Last time we spoke, John, on Monday, the NFL and Players Association had a pretty big 24 to 36 hours in front of them to work on some things and hash out, at the very least, some sort of safety protocol. How much has changed since the last time we spoke regarding the NFL moving in the right direction? Uh, a lot. I mean, they basically agreed to the protocols at this point. Now we're on to the economics, which some people have speculated that's always typically, and it is the more difficult part. But uh, I don't think that's going to be as difficult as people think it's going to be. Remember, this CBA is in place. I made the comparison with baseball. And that ultimately it would get worked out because both sides aren't going to walk away from television money. That's what's going to happen in football. But you don't have that added part of no CBA. They just ratified a new CBA. So basically it comes down to two things, opt-out language and, and players who want out, opt-out. What is that going to look like? And then the second part is how are you going to – uh, divvy up these losses because there's going to be significant revenue losses for this particular season, no, ha no matter how it shakes out. Um, from the NFL's perspective, as usual, owners, they want to get it right away. They want the players to agree to put salaries in escrow, all that. That's not going to happen. But uh, the NFLPA wants to spread it out. And this makes the most sense, by the way, through the entire CBA. So any losses would be spread out over really 10 years, actually 11, because remember, it's tacked on to this final season. Uh, 
And that way, one group of players or two group of players, if you want to look at next year's, don't have to shoulder the brunt of that blow. Ultimately, I think that makes too much sense, and that's what's going to happen. So there's nothing that will be moved back, right? We pretty much have no preseason, and in the next two weeks, it's not going to be all of a sudden, ha, we got you, you actually have to play a preseason game. It looks like there will be, as I read, John, correct me if I'm wrong, only eight padded practices before teams hit the field for week one of the regular season, not preseason. Yeah, it's basically two weeks of real practice, real football practice, and that is going to be the ugly part, the early part of the season. Um, it's going to be a lot of bad football. I've got to be honest, there's going to be no preparation. Uh, I mean, early as, as we get to training camp, you have this ramp-up period where everybody goes through the testing, which is five days. And remember, veterans aren't going to report till July 28th. So uh, you don't get into the facility, people that pass the testing until August 1st. From that period, you have a ramp-up period, uh, which is going to be the mid-August, and you can put the helmets on. And then those padded practices you talked about, which is going to be only two weeks. And that's if everything goes perfectly according to plan. Um, uh, that's what, yeah, it's a tough situation. And that's what it all comes down to. So uh, if people are going to complain uh, about the product or what have you, you can go about it two ways. You can either not have it or have it. And, and from the players and owners' perspective, it's about, as I said, everything boils down to money. Right. And they're not just going to walk away and say, we're going to leave $8 billion on the table. That's difficult to do. Well, yes, understandable. When you're talking about anything in, in the millions plus, it, it definitely is going to be a huge catalyst. I'm curious, though. Now that we know there's no preseason and you laid out eight days, two weeks, really, of actual practice coming into the first real month of the regular season, is there a team that comes to mind that was just on the outside, let's say, of making the playoffs last year, but the benefit or what helps them, what aids them in this wacky offseason is that they bring back so many people that everybody's pretty much intact versus a team that might be better than them in their own division or conference that lost some people or bringing in new people and have to deal with that type of variable. Is there a team that maybe comes to mind, John, that is maybe just over or on the other side of making the playoffs last year, but because so many people come back and are intact, it could actually benefit them to where they might win the division or even be deep in the playoffs? Yeah, I look at, and everybody in the AFC, you start, and rightfully so, start talking Kansas City and then Baltimore. But I look at Pittsburgh, and it's not necessarily multiple people. It's the quarterback and right. Ben Roethlisberger. Remember, they nearly made the playoffs with a disaster uh, at the quarterback position, whether it was Mason Rudolph or Doug Hodges. Uh, it was brutal. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, yeah, Ben's getting older. Uh, he looks to be at least from a zoom distance uh, looks to be in better shape uh, than he has been in years. Um, I think he's kind of rejuvenated from that perspective. And, and obviously he's proven himself as a quarterback. So that was a team that despite that awful play at the most important position, they almost made the playoffs and they're going to be a good team again. And, and, and you add into the fact veteran quarterback, as you mentioned, 
and all the coaches say this is going to be a veteran-laden season, you have to rely on your veteran players. So it's the teams that need these rookies to contribute early. Those are the ones that are going to be in, in deep trouble. All right, John, we've got about a minute or so. What's more likely to happen, Zimmer and Cousins miss the playoffs the next three years or Zimmer and Cousins win a Super Bowl in the next five years? No, well, I think next, need... next, next three years, sorry, next three years. I, I would think they're not going to miss the playoffs for three. I mean, Mike Zimmer's history, I, that's a good coach and that's a good team, and they're going to make the playoffs. So uh, if I look at it from that standpoint, odds-wise, I don't think they're going to do either. They're not going to miss the playoffs for three years. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. But I know they're not going to miss the playoffs for three years. So I guess you roll the dice on winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, they'll be in the hunt. We can, at the very least, know that. I mean, I don't think you're right. The team's not going to fall off now that they have their head coach and, and quarterback intact. John, thanks as always, man. We'll chat Monday. Enjoy your weekend. All right. You enjoy yours, Aton. That's more important. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll try. And congratulations. <laughs> thanks, man. At JF McMullen on Twitter. You know, we'll wrap the hour next, but when I come back on Monday, it's not just me that will be brand new. A lot of things will be brand new. We'll wrap next. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. I have one for the road. We've got a couple of minutes here before we hand things over to Matt Peralt on pushing the odds across all network platforms. What you got today, man? Besides Mike Tyson. I mean, this whole show has been one for the road, to be honest with you. This whole show. Well, because you're going on the road. I thought we were going to talk about you going on the road. Okay, let's do that. Uh, Going on on the road. You got some exciting stuff happening here. Getting married on Saturday. Yes. Beginning of the end. It is. But here's the thing. And I even put this in my weekly column, just praising her for doing everything and and putting this whole thing together. (laughs) That's part of it. I told you, I didn't even know what. What's on top of the cake? I can't even tell you what type of cake we're no, eating. I'm along that's for very the ride true. here. That's very true. I'm just grateful that I have somebody who can put up with my bleep and is willing to do this now forever. So I will gladly follow her anywhere she asks. And I just, you know, I'm excited. Like We, we pushed this back, and then we settled on the date again, and we thought about pushing it back. So this is as close to the only thing that's missing, really, Ron, are people. You know, that's really the only thing well, that's got, missing. It's not a 250-person wedding. Yeah, you got, like the, you got the important people, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so even that's still, all that matters. Yes, but, but even still, so both of my sisters can't come for different reasons. One of my sisters is working in an ER in Detroit, Yeah. so it's going to be really hard for her to get out. The other sister gave birth to a young girl last month. so Hard for it, them to get out, it's yeah. It's tight, right. All and I can my, tell you is just I be prepared to just be smiling a lot. Yes, we're I, taking I, pictures. I, I know there's going to be a photographer, and you just got to sit there. You just got to keep smiling. Just keep smiling, baby. That's it. That's your advice. Now, is that for the wedding day or for the rest of my life? Yeah. Good. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. So, can I ask you a question? Oh. Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. 
three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. All right, too much stuff is going on today. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. We've had a, a fake news just with sports where... Now, John McMullen is going to join us. Uh, right, he's on right now. Briefly for this segment, and then we'll talk some football coming up. But, I mean, if you just led with... 54-year-old Mike Tyson plans on fighting 51-year-old Roy Jones Jr. September 12th. I would have hit the buzzer right there and said, all right, fake news. Let's yep. go. Let's move on. Now, that's as real as rain. All right, well, why don't you take things away? Let's let's see where we're at. All right, well, with fake news today, I decided to have a little bit of fun with you, Aton. Uh-oh. And John can definitely join in with us. Um. There, there is a little bit of a theme to this one in light of what you're going off to do tomorrow. So tell me which one is fake, okay? Yes, this is wedding themed. Wedding themed, marriage themed. All right, here we go. Story number one. Newlyweds are getting slammed on Reddit for their tacky, for their super tacky X-rated wedding cake topper. John, your thoughts? Uh, Reddit, people criticizing you. Yeah, I can believe that for anything, basically. So just so you'll the be fact walking that it's down Reddit the street. Makes, makes it yes, believable. Yes, exactly. Okay. Very believable, just because it's Reddit. Now, have you already picked out your wedding cake topper, Aton? I, bro, I don't even know what the cake is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, Congratulations, I know, by the way, I know way, to Aton. show up with my tux clothes i'm gonna wear friday for the rehearsal dinner and some lighter stuff i could wear sunday for brunch and to prepare and vows and I, that's I, very little i don't even know what kind of cake we're having that was gonna be my advice stay out of the way as, yes. you, as much yes. as you can Absolutely. that's that was pretty much cake was the only decision i was allowed a part of well to be fair with with this being a non-COVID event, I would have been involved in all the food things. Yeah. But since she did an amazing job of just putting it all together, I'm just staying out of it. Yeah, but I that, was, that's, that's I a was, good place uh, to start. I was a part of the uh, choosing of the venue where you get to go and visit a lot of places because I took my wife there. I had no choice in saying, well, I would like to go here. Right. I got to go to see all the venues. And I got to help pick uh, dinner and dessert. Okay, okay. I had no say in anything. I didn't even know, like, you had to pick a color theme. Right. I didn't even know that was a thing. All new stuff (laughs) to all of us. All right, so that's story one. Story one. Story number two. A groom became distracted by his wife's assets and almost forgot the most important part of the wedding ceremony, to say I do. Yeah, that's believable. Uh, I can be distracted by assets, so I can see that how that happens. Yeah, I can, so far I can we've got well. two believable ones. Right. Is there anything more we need to know about that distraction story, or is it pretty no, much I mean, self-evident? It's pretty much self-explanatory. He literally didn't hear the question and just stood there dead silent. Although I am and, starting to think And about somebody that had to kind of nudge him a little bit and say, "Hey, buddy." Ah, I'm like starting that. to think, Ron. Ron, do you like Curb Your Enthusiasm? I assume you do. Yeah. Is this all yeah, ripoffs from episode, Curb? They did an episode about people, not just the groom, but people being distracted 
uh, at a wedding by assets. So I'm well, starting to think they, you might have went down that road. They're usually on full display. Correct. That's why you go to the wedding. Yeah. That's okay. why, uh, I mean, you know, the bride usually picks out the bridesmaid's dresses. If, yes, if, you got to make the bride stand out. Yeah, if no the bride could, that. she would put her bridesmaids in potato sacks. That's correct. All right. Story number three. I know we've all heard that urban legend of the groom who framed his new bride by placing pictures of her and his best man doing the deed underneath everyone's chair and then stood up to give an announcement and told everyone to look underneath the chair and then immediately filed for divorce. You guys have heard that story. Yeah, in my defense, I was going through a dark time at at that particular. (laughs) Well, see, that's what I was going to say. That actually is, It's even though uh, people believe it to be an urban legend, it's actually based on a true story. That that actually did happen, and it's kind of got lost in translation throughout the years. So is the story that it's been unearthed as a true story? It's, it's, It's actually a true story. But many people believe it to be an urban legend because it's so out there that they, they can't wrap their head around the fact that a, a guy would have done this, that he had this much petty in him. Well, it is dumb to do, not only from the fact that uh, it is petty, but it also makes you look bad. Yeah. Uh, because obviously your wife is cheating on you with the best man. So. Right. Why you know, would you bring attention all... to that? Yeah, exactly. These are all potential. Uh, I, I like that, Ron. I, I'm thinking. I, I got the curb angle on two. You might have made that up. Uh, three. I'm going to go three. It's fake news. I'm going to go two, but I'm going to use your reasoning. This is right up Culver's alley here to rip something off of an episode of a show that he knows well, like Curb, just to add a little difference in the three stories. So I'm going to say two based off your own logic, John. You're going to lock in on three. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice. So everyone believes the uh, the Reddit users were letting a couple have it over their super tacky wedding topper, huh? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know that is very believable, and it's a it's a cute wedding topper. I mean, very. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it on my wedding cake, but but it's real, right? It, that story is real. Okay. Um, so you guys are both right there, and unfortunately, Aton. God, you should follow John's lead. You let him go first. Well, yeah. Doesn't mean he's always right. No, but he is this time. <laughs> All right. You didn't rip yeah, that yeah, off yeah. from Curb. Is that I did. That you? actually that, that actually did happen. Now, maybe Curb ripped it off from that story. But that actually did happen where a groom was uh, distracted, if you will. Wow. Had, to be, had to be nudged and had the question repeated to him. Luckily, that's not going to happen with me.